will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. That's right. Welcome back. This is Life After Addiction, and I'm Adam Comer. Uh, Bruce Stanley, my co-host, thought it would be okay to go on vacation. <laughs> How dare him? But I do have a special guest in studio, and I did air quotes if you hear anyone laughing. Uh, and he's going to talk to us, and I'll intro him in just a second. But hey, guys, man, the last episode, uh, Season 2, Episode 9, the um, PTSD episode, we have had a lot of incredible feedback from that a uh, very powerful episode where uh, Bruce just kind of lays out and articulates very well uh, what PTSD is to him uh, and how he found freedom in Christ from it and just all sorts of things. I'd really encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, go and check that out. That's season two, episode nine. But today, my friends, I have my brother, Ryan Chittister in the house. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Yeah. So Ryan, man, very, very... Uh, d- near and dear to my heart, a lot of energy. Uh, he loves Jesus. He is uh, on staff at S2L, and he's been for, gosh, what, eight months? About eight months. Seven, eight months. He's yep. been a staff member. I don't want to steal all his glory because I'm going to ask him to kind of break down his story for us. I thought it would be good uh, just to hear. I think it's good to hear from a fresh set of eyes just what, what how do you, how do you, go about this life, man. How do you, how do you take a step after the next? And the title of this podcast is life after addiction, right? So Ryan, let me, let me bring you here. Um, tell us, tell us just kind of your story intro, what life was like for you, uh, a few years ago leading into it. Uh, man, thanks so much for being on, but then just kind of, just kind of go from there and I might stop you and ask a few questions. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so life a few years ago, um, I'm from Houston, Texas. I uh, grew up in an amazing family. I'm a middle child. I have an older brother. Me too. I'm a middle child. You know, the best. The best. Um, I have an older brother. He's two years older than me and a younger brother. He's about six or seven years younger than me. Um, grew up playing sports, man. That was my identity. That was my life. Mm. That is what I lived and breathed. Um, I broke my hand senior year of high school, and so I didn't play college ball. I decided to go to Texas State, where my older brother went. What sport were you good uh, at? Baseball. Okay, okay. So, um, ended up going to Texas State, and um, man, that's really where it all started. I drank here and there in high school, um, took pills on occasion, smoked weed or whatnot, but it never was really a problem, uh, so to speak. Because I always had the foundation of sports, and that mm. was what I lived and breathed, I mean, all day, every day. Um, so then I got to college, and man, I had an identity crisis. Um, I found that I didn't know what I wanted to do because I didn't have a backup plan when it came to sports. So then I was left with, okay, what is my next move? What am I going to do? What am I going to major in? Where is my life going to go from here? And um, slowly but surely, man... Um, I was chasing women, um, not going to class, uh, started to sell drugs. Um, all in college. All in college, College man. years, yeah. Yeah, so um, had some buddies who were already there doing the same thing, got caught up in that. Um, Isn't that wild, man? Like, 
you, you hit the nail on the head. You, 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 your identity was in sports. Sports and being good at it or whatever role you were in sports, that was who Ryan Chittister was, right? And, man, you hear it here. You even teach it to guys now. Uh, I know I've said it a thousand times. Man, your identity in Christ is so important because anything else on that throne, anything else that you have allowed to say who you are will fail you. I broke my hand. And then I had no clue who I was, right? Isn't that wild? Hey, man, it is. And it's you don't realize how profound of an impact that has on you or until – because before those, you're talking about a couple of years ago, I didn't know who Christ was. So it's like you said, once I lost sports, I lost everything. Mm. And I didn't really realize that until looking back now. But that was where my identity lied. And then going into college, it would be women, man. If if a relationship, whether it worked or not, man, that depended on whether I was worthy, whether I was good enough, whether I was respectable. Um, same with um, jobs, any job I've ever had, man. How I um, performed at the job, so to speak, or what position I had, I felt was was my worth. So if I was low man on the totem pole at any job I've ever had, it's like, well, why? What What is wrong with me? Why is Why am I having to suffer, so to speak, or or to live this life that I don't feel like I was um, born to live, so to speak. Um, yeah, so all of these circumstances, as you're defining, sounds like it's chaos. Sounds like it's – I'm sure you you had joy. And, and here's the thing, man. We haven't even like dove into like the devastation of your life yet. But there is not a person on the planet that is listening to this. And, hey, we are climbing the charts in South Korea. I'll let you know that right now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, but everyone on the planet that would hear this can relate to that, man, because we're sold this bill of goods and, and I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get crazy, but if you think of the uh just the marketing industry, anybody selling you anything, they first gotta tell you that something's wrong with you and that you need this, right? And so it's it's out there. And they're not the reason for all this. It's because it's because of our heart, right? But I'm just that what a what a marketing scheme, if you would, hey, break this person down and then tell them that if they had this, then their life is better. And everyone on the planet can relate to what you just said. Maybe they can't articulate it the way you just did, but man, that is so important. Uh, you must have just been in a life of chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I spent a year at Texas State. Things went downhill quickly, like I said, got caught up in the wrong thing. So I moved back to Houston. The whole time my parents asking me what I feel like I, I'm going to do with my life, what direction my life is going to go in. And I truly didn't know. Since a child, I remember telling them, because they would ask me that question, what do you want to be when you get older? You know, that common question. Um, and it was always to help people. Yeah. And I wow. never knew what that meant until, wow. honestly, about nine months ago, whenever I came back to Spring to Life and started going through and then completed as a student and then got the internship and got the staff position. I never knew that I, that could come to fruition. And it wasn't until I found Christ and, and knew of him that I was able to, quote unquote, make my, a living off of helping people. Mm. And man, that completely changed everything for me and completely changed who I was and just how I thought. And just I finally, for once in life, felt purpose, man. Yeah, I finally wanted to live, man, because for the longest time, if if Ryan's life just looked like going to an eight to five and working a regular job, like most people can do and, and hats off to my mother and father and everyone who, who can do that. I just felt emptiness, man. I just felt like, man, I'm not fulfilling something. There's gotta be something, but I, I was too strung out and too mm. just gone mentally to, to even know how to, or what, what route 
to go to find my purpose or calling. Yeah. And I was searching for it in a substance and just so, getting drowning deeper and deeper and more and more. So that's leading. You move back to Houston. Um, you, you knew somewhere, you knew, you knew something inside, like there's something pulling on you. There's something, and, and all the while you're, you're having an identity crisis, right? Yeah. Uh, so you just described you were drowning it or numbing it with substance. Uh, how, how did that treat you? Okay. So man, for the longest time, I would say it got really bad whenever, um, I came back, it started getting bad there, but it, it got worse whenever I came back. Um, to Houston. To Houston, yes, man. Just started getting caught up more and more pills and then um, drinking more. And then it moved on to the harder substances. And, man, how did that treat me? My life was spiraling out of control at a, a, a drastic pace. Um, I mean, it, it, it involved stealing from loved ones, my mom, my dad, my brothers, to um, overdosing, to going to jail, to, um, man, there was one point. In the midst of my addiction, I haven't told many people this, that I had got all my stuff, packed all my stuff up, and I was living out in my car for a period of time. Mm. And it got so bad, and my parents were so worried that my mom thought about divorcing my dad to move out of the house to get an apartment for her and so that I would have somewhere to live. Mm. And just to think that I let it get to those depths is like, man, it's so crazy. Like, it's crazy to think that. I remember one night sleeping in the back of my parents' neighborhood in my car because I had nowhere to go. And a cop came and knocked on my window and uh, asked me what I was doing. And, man, I just poured my heart out. I started bawling and, like, I have got caught up with the wrong people, got caught up in the wrong things. And I want to go home, but I know I don't want to be a burden on my parents. So I just parked my car right here and I'm going to figure out the game plan tomorrow, what I'm going to do from there. And. Man, it was bad. Mm. Like it got bad and it got bad quick. Um, you push the, away your loved ones most in life, man, and you play that blame game and you blame shift and you point fingers and you make the people who created you or who who um, who raised you to be a man of integrity and a man of love and honesty and you make them feel like they did the opposite. And yeah. it's crazy how delusional we get. And like feed into our own lies and blame shift and do all that. And praise God that the restoration of the Lord is, is just incredible. Man. Yeah. Like yeah. it's amazing. Cause I, if it's left up to Ryan to fix things, there's no hope in that, man. There's absolutely no hope. And yeah. like I've told you before, man, I, I wanted to die for a long time mm. for years. And I mean, I, I wanted to die and I'm, I, I remember multiple conversations in my backyard with my mother. She can attest. We'd be out there in the backyard numerous times. I wouldn't have a job. I'd go over there during the day because my dad would be at work and I wouldn't have to hear it from him or whatever. And mom, I want to die. Like, I know it sucks to hear, but I just want to die. Y'all y'all can mourn me for a little bit. You'll have Connor and Brandon and dad and y'all can mourn me for a little bit, but y'all can move on with y'all's lives. At least I won't be a continual burden just over and over and over. And I was just so content with that. Like, I'm talking like... I was content. You're okay with it. Yeah. It's all right. So let's, let's just recap just so the, the listener understands. And, and I don't have to like explain it to you because you're intelligent people, but I, I'm processing this right now too. So because of just a life of having your identity in things, right? And then those things, if they're not Christ, will always fail you. And when they do, 
it's like, okay, what's next? And then you, you begin to feel that you're not good enough. And then you want it, you, you get that feeling of what a chemical did and it numbed that temporarily. And then you chase that rabbit tra- rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, everything in your life is destroyed and a life of addiction and a life of, um, putting your foundation on shaky grounds has led to a place of just, I'm, I'm very okay with, with dying. And I know you guys will hurt for a little while, which is a silly feeling. Obviously they would, it wouldn't just be a little while, but you're not thinking clearly when we're in those spots. And so we're in this place of devastation. Now let's turn the page, right? Let's talk about, you mentioned it, the goodness of the Lord uh, as we're getting into it, just kind of keeping it fresh. Cause there might be someone listening to this that knows that they have a problem, saw the name of the podcast, like, man, I need to hear that. And so they're living in addiction and they've never gone to rehab before. That's a scary thing, right? To think about it, describe the ups, the downs of going through the process of just at S2L, the feelings that you had, uh, the joys, the downs, describe that. And then let's jump into kind of after. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah, so going into rehab, if you've never have, or if you've thought about it and, and you want to go to that next step, it is not going to be easy and it is not supposed to be easy. All the havoc and, and, and train wreck lives that we have lived and all the burdens that we have burned or, or have been and bridges that we have burned, so to speak, it's not an easy thing to get over that, but there is hope and it lies in the Lord. I came to S2L, like I said, wanting to die, having no hope whatsoever. And nobody could tell me otherwise. No one could. No man on this earth could tell me otherwise. Mm. But I'll never forget the first class I went to was your class, actually. <laughs> and it was that music because, man, for someone and they might not know Christ, such as I'm, I found Christ at S2L. Mm. I, I knew of a God and quote unquote, I believed in God and being a good person. And that got you to heaven. And that's what I what I believed. Well, I got to his class and I don't know the word. I don't know any books. I know Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I know the gospel and maybe a couple verses like you talk about because we played sports. Right. But it was that music, man, that gospel music, that Christian music that started to pull at my heart and just started to pull at the strings. And I felt something and I didn't know that it was the Holy Spirit at the time, but I felt something. And man, what that did for me that night, I'll never forget. I had this just peace and this comfort like, Ryan, you, you're, you're headed towards the right spot for mm. once in your life. My life is heading into a place where I see some light. It's not just wow. a pitch black cave or a tunnel, so to speak. And I slept so good that night. And I prayed for the first time in my life since praying to die that I prayed an actual prayer of just thank you for life. Thank you for keeping me alive. Thank you for my family. And thank you for bringing me to this place um, of you, Lord. And it started there, man. There's going to be days where... um Man, you have hard days. That first week, two, three weeks in recovery and rehab, we're just now able to process emotions. We've yeah. been we've been taking substances to to hide all of our actual feelings and emotions. That man, it's gonna be tough to deal with all that pain and and shame and guilt and anger and sadness all at once. But man, you are able to overcome that with the Lord and with prayer and with fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship because everyone around you is going through it too. It's huge and you see that. And that's what was, I think that was what was most profound to me is feeling a sense of belonging. Like, man, I'm not the worst person in the world. I'm not the only piece of crap 
who has done X, Y, and Z to their families mm. or done this to their loved ones for years and years. You hear your brother over here telling the same story that you can relate to. And then your brother over here telling the same story that, that you've been through. And man, you just feel this sense of peace and belonging and it helps you be able to cope with those emotions and those feelings. And man, that's huge. The fellowship you keep. Um, yeah. So you're telling me, Ryan, just want to be clear about something here. Uh, it was that first class, but it had nothing to do with the absolutely fantastic, great teaching absolutely that took place. zero to do with the teacher. <laughs> I mean, if anything, negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always good to have encouragement. Uh, but anyways, so that was, uh, you're supposed to turn your phone off. Did you not hear that? No, I'm just kidding. That was mine. Um, so joking aside, Man, so the experience began to grow. And I'll just tell you from this side, watching you, man, it was like when you found the hope, when you started to turn from the old life and look to Christ as that identity, this dude, Ryan right here, he took all, he, he, when you, you hear it all the time, it's kind of like a, just, it almost becomes common to say, man, he's on fire. He's a man, he's on fire. But Ryan, even to this day, months and months and months later, man, became on fire for the Lord, man. You did. And it's so apparent that your life, that is your identity now. And the good news that we read is that will never fail you, right? Amen. It can't. Amen. And man, that's, that was another profound thing about S2L is the fact that the leaders and the the staff members had been through addiction. I have been through multiple other rehabs, and that stuck out most to me. Like I said, if you don't know who Christ is um, upon coming here, that gives you something tangible like, okay, this man says this works for him. I have literally tried everything else in life, so to speak, to get help. I've tried numerous other programs, numerous other ways Nothing works. So if this man is telling me that he gave his life to the Lord and he surrendered his will for the Lord's will and it is working for him and you see that with your own eyes day in and day out and he's not white knuckling it, this man is free. Mm. This man is happy. This man is joyful. This man is filled with love and all the fruits of the spirit. You know what? I'm going to try that. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to do what this man is telling me and to to let the the, the uh, seeds that they plant, so to speak, grow in me. I'm going to do everything I can to to work those four pillars that they talk about here. And man, that just really just stirred the affection in my heart too to see the Bruce, the Adam, the the other guys, the uh, Emilio, Hefe, John, all these guys who who have been through it. And are saying, hey, man, this is what what happened to me. And this is my story. And when I surrendered my life to the Lord, everything changed for me. Man, that gave me so much hope. I can't even explain it to you. And it's it's amazing to see other men in those positions that have been through the same thing. Yeah. So if you want to know more about the four pillars that he's talking about, we did an episode for each pillar. That's episode season two, episode two, three, four and five. Go check those out. But the interesting thing, Ryan. The very thing that you said was like just gave you energy and it gave you if, if man, I've tried everything else and now I can see someone walking this out. What's interesting, Ryan, is now you are that man. You are the man that these guys are looking at and they're seeing your joy. They're seeing your passion. They're seeing you walk it out. And this is what worked for you. 
right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, man. Now, now you're so here's he, he already said this, but he came through the program, caught on fire, agreed to a three month volunteer internship. That's like a that's an awesome thing right there, and I can't say that enough. It's really like a three month interview for this position. Was hired on as a staff, and man, this is what he's doing now. He he is that guy. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about what that means to you. Like, what what do you think the importance of it on this side, uh, and just your passion, your heart? Tell us a little bit about that. So I'm I'm being able to live out my dream, so to speak. Like I said earlier, helping people was what I've always felt in my heart that my purpose was and that my calling was. And so to be able to wake up each and every day and be that light, so to speak, for other men that have I've been in the exact same position as, man, it is the greatest feeling in the entire world, man. Um, it starts from from the second we wake up with that devotional. Um, man, it's so important each and every day to wake up. And before you put your feet on that ground, man, praise the Lord for another day. How you start your day is how your day is going to finish. I'm blessed to be able to do this, man. I'm blessed to to shed light on what the Lord has done for me. I'm blessed to be able to pray with families and pray with men who come through this place. I'm able to share the gospel. I'm able to do this for a living. And it's it's beyond anything I could have ever comprehended, man. Yeah. And we say it all the time. We talk about it on the on the podcast all the time, but by the blood of the Lamb, <clears throat> sorry, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, we shall overcome. And man, you have a powerful testimony. And I'll just tell you, in case you don't see it, the thing you listed names earlier. The when men come into our program and they see your joy, they have a hard time believing that you ever went through an addiction. Praise God. Praise like God. Like the absolutely. life you're living right now. You're happy, you're on fire, your DNA literally has been like not literally, but that's the best way I can describe it. It's like change to a different person. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And you are just on fire and just happy and joyful, and you're always laughing and cutting up, but having serious talks about Jesus. It is hard for someone that's come into our program to see you and ever think that you battled an addiction. Then when they hear your story, the same hope, man, the same passion that you just described, Ryan Chittister's name is now mentioned. How cool is that? Yeah, and praise God for that, because um, it used to be the complete opposite. Like, I almost wish you could see the person that I was and, and what I've overcome and and how I used to live my life to what it looks like now. Man, there is absolute hope and there is absolute freedom in the name of Jesus Christ, and it is so real. Yeah. I remember coming through here and asking, so how do you surrender? How do you pray? What does it mean to give it all to God? What does it mean to surrender? I think that's the start, man. That was the start for me is asking the Lord. Lord, I used to I used to pray to the Lord to be able to pray. Mm. Lord, help me pray. I have all these things I want to say and I would kind of shy away. I would, man, don't pick me in class to pray, man. Don't don't call on me cuz I'd have all these things on my heart and then I would freeze up, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Amen. Man, you continuously pray. You become a prayer warrior like we talk about. Lord, help me to pray. Help me to pray deep within my soul and what these things that are on my heart. Lord, how do I surrender? Lord, show me the way. Lord, help me to surrender my will for your will, Lord. Help me to pick up that cross. What does that mean, Lord? You just talk to him and that Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And God knows exactly, exactly what we're trying to say. Mm, that's powerful. So... 
Man, that time flew by, didn't it? Time flew by with this episode. <laughs> it's, so, already, yeah. it's like 24 minutes. We're right at it. I want to give you closing thoughts, man. Is there anything that you want to encourage? Like, And he just did. But is there anything specific? Let's say there's someone out there struggling, whether it be an alumni who's just maybe falling off and ha- having a rough go or someone that we've never met and they're they're – like we said earlier, maybe worried about going and getting help or someone just struggling or maybe a parent, just whatever, anyone that you want to speak to, is there a word of encouragement you'd want to leave? Absolutely. There is absolute freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. There is absolute freedom from the bondages and chains of addiction, from that darkness, from that just that shame, that guilt. There is absolute freedom. And I say that wholeheartedly because it happened with me and I see it happen with so many men. It is about seeking the Lord and surrendering your life to that cross. I would encourage anyone suffering from addiction or in the midst of it right now, go to a faith-based recovery program. Pick up the phone and call a Christian recovery facility. You need the Lord. The Lord is our hope. The Lord is our rock. The Lord is our foundation. The Lord is everything. With Him, Nothing on this earth shall prosper against us. And it changed my life and it's changed so many of my brother's lives. I'm blessed to be able to see it. I see the restoration and the transformation of men every single day. And like Adam always used to say, I've seen too much for someone to tell me that prayer doesn't work. I've seen Mm. too much for someone to tell me that Jesus can't do any and everything that we ever call upon him for. Man, there is hope, there is hope, there is hope, and there is absolute freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Boy, you start preaching on me now, baby. Come on. You might be called to preach, baby. (laughs) So let me close with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Amen. That's it, baby. Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. God's Word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture, giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.